The Imprint Companion Podcast is, of course, brought to you by Imprint Films. Imprint Films is a brand new Australian boutique Blu-ray label. Check them out for limited edition deluxe Blu-ray releases of long-requested and previously unreleased films. Check out the past and future releases online at imprintfilms.com.au. You can follow Imprint Films on Twitter at imprint underscore films, or one word, on Instagram at Imprint Films, no space, and finally on the Facebook page at Imprint Films AU. Welcome back to the Imprint Companion, the only podcast on the Aussie internet about DVD culture. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Little Alexi Toliopoulos, and joining me as always is Michael Mann's man of man obsessed with following the money, a man who digs puzzles, the host of One Hit Minute and Zodiac Chronicle, Mr. Blake Howard. How are you, baby? Oh, baby. I Little Blake Howard over here, Alexi, is very good. <laughs> it is my pleasure to be here with the head chef and sommelier of the Netflix Film Buffet, <laughs> as well as the master rebooter on Total Reboot. Thank you so much for joining me once again to talk all about our favorite acronym, DV, and also Yes, digital, versatile, and they come on a freaking disc. <laughs> we are here to unbox, unpack, unveil upcoming releases from Australia's brand new Blu-ray label, Imprint Films. This is the second of three episodes of the May 2021 drop. We're talking imprints 44 through 48. That's right, five more films in this batch. We are talking... The prototype supervillain origin story with one Peter Lorre starring in The Face Behind the Mask and a noirsome foursome Hollywood story, <laughs> The City That Never Sleeps, Plunder of the Sun and Private Hell 36 in the second essential film noir collection. Holy dooly, Alexi. First up, we're going straight into spine number 44, 1941's The Face Behind the mask. We are going to have one boy, one girl, one boy, one girl, one boy, five, all Americans. And the boys will be watchmakers like me. <laughs> all I have to do is find quicker job. It's an acclaimed but rarely seen film noir crime gem starring the legendary Peter Lorre. He plays a disfigured watchmaker with a grudge against society and embarks on a life of crime. It's an underrated cult classic. It's coming for the first time in stunning high definition. Alexi, I know you are wild about this movie. Tell mm -hmm. me and tell the people listening everything about the face behind the mask. Dear listeners of the Imprint Companion, dear proponents of DVD culture, <laughs> people that worship at the physical disc, let me tell you this. I am about to freaking proselytize, baby. <laughs> I had never freaking heard of this movie. It was never on my radar. As much as I love Peter Laurie, as much as I worship that wide-eyed little buster, <laughs> I had never heard of this movie, and it freaking knocked my dick into the dirt <laughs> that is a phrase that i use only when a movie truly hits me with something 
And I freaking adored this movie. Oh, I really think this is like the rarest find. It is so lovingly restored. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Looks it great. plays beautifully. This is a movie that is like under 70 minutes long. And it feels epic in its scope and its scale. Like, I cannot believe that this feels like a movie that that is like so simultaneously quick well paced yet also feels like it covers like a a a believable amount of time in someone's life like it feels like a chapter or two or three or five or six in someone's life and it has a magnificent performance by peter laurie who is one of the all-time like magnetic presences of cinema to say the least he is such like a key figure in the history of film, in the history of noir, in the history of crime cinema in particular, you know him as the child murderer in the movie <laughs> M. And this movie makes me go, mmm, I like it. <laughs> oh I, my God. Um, cannot, I can't stop talking about this movie. I've wanted to talk about it since I watched it, which was like a, a few days ago, uh, because... It's like this crime noir film. It follows a new migrant to America and who has like all the hopes of the American dream. He's so excited to live his new life. He's so rambunctious with like glee that he's got this new world ahead of him and he's excited. And then tragedy strikes him. He he becomes uh, severely disfigured in a fire and his face like crumbles away. And... Then he goes to a plastic surgeon and has his face repaired enough for him to like exist in the world. And this moment is like horror seeping through this crime noir. And then there's one scene where this film unlocks itself, which is he is getting his face unwrapped after having like this life-saving surgery. And it is, shot for shot, the greatest influence on superhero origin stories when it comes to the supervillain. Mirror. Mirror! You understand that the nerves were completely severed, Mr. Napier. <laughs> you see what I have to work with. That I've ever seen. Like, this is that whole imprint thing where I feel like they're finding these classic films that unlock a strand of DNA to, like, the films that we hold dear in our culture today. And this is so much... Batman 1989, Tim Burton's film. Oh my God. But from the perspective of none other than Mr. J, the Joker himself. <laughs> it, it is, it, it out Jokers the Joker so mm-hmm. wholly and completely. It's got all those elements. I love everything you've said about it. And please get your proselytize checked at the end of this episode. But what I was going to say is... Stick your finger in it just like a disc. When you're getting a disc out of the case. Thanks, Doc. Um, my disc is now spinning once again. But I just... It, it, it is so excellent. The makeup is so phenomenal. Uh, oh, and, 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 God. And it just shows you... It's that great thing of like the economy and the power of storytelling mm. of like desperate people being pushed towards sort of 
like to, towards criminality because they're on the fringes of society as mm-hmm. it is. And he's a migrant. He's on the fringe. He's trying to make his way. A tragic accident. And then people shun him, shun him for this behavior. Yeah. And he, he, he is embraced by outsiders in the criminal underworld. Mm-hmm. And, and once he becomes literally masked up to kind of guise the, you know, the heinous impact of this sort of uh, unfortunate accident, Man, is he just electric. And and when Absolutely. he finds... And you know what? It's not only 1989's Tim Burton's Batman. It's one of my other favorite movies that also has man in the title. Michael Mann's Manhunter, mm-hmm. who the arch supervillain finds his soul through a blind woman who cannot judge yeah. him for his look. I want to know whether you're smiling or frowning. Uh, I just want to know whether I should be quiet or not. Take my word for it. I'm smiling. This thing that has defined his new evil ways. I was just mm-hmm. like, this movie just, that kind of did it. And it did it so economically. And its influence, like you said, for a film that has barely been talked about, rarely seen, not making its debut on any physical media... It has huge tendrils in everything. Absolutely. Like, really, that scene where he's, like, getting his face unwrapped is exactly the same as shot for shot of, like, you know, give me the mirror. 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 I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And as well, like, that makeup job in this film of where he goes to a new plastic surgeon to have his face actually reconstructed and um, they in in the meantime they give him like a mask that like will stick to his skin and just the makeup job of that of like what Peter Laurie the way they make Peter Laurie's actual face look that he's got like to make his actual face look like that he's wearing a realistic mask of his own face it is a phenomenal makeup job. And this movie is directed by Robert Flory, who is just like a, a little bit of a director who never quite got his big, big shot. He was meant to be the director of Frankenstein, which this also feels in line with. Oh, big time. Um, but he like kind of like was like, you know, making actual B movies for the most part. <laughs> yes. And I found that out because this disc is loaded with some great features as well. Uh, we've got another Kim Newman video interview about this movie. And he's just one of the most exciting minds, especially when it comes to like obscure films that had a great influence on horror as well. And then we've got a Peter Laurie appreciation video with Alan K. Road, which also goes into Robert Florey as a filmmaker. These are both great like small little documentaries and insights into this film that people don't even know exist and this really is for me the absolute pick of the batch and would be up there with my favorite finds in doing this podcast in collecting the imprint films you cannot get a more emphatic recommendation and i just want to just stamp my wholehearted approval on that it is an incredible movie incredibly engaging and i mean just ludicrous things have been said mm. in the past year about a movie not being a movie unless it's two and a half hours long. And oh this gosh. like by, by some strange fellows. And uh, mm-hmm. this movie is like, this is a cheerleader for how eco- economical storytelling mm-hmm. can be and just how powerful great acting can be. Like Peter Laurie is Absolutely. the unsexy Tom Hardy. 
Like he's oh like, oh my god, like he's he's that kind of. I love to hear that he's, shit. He's he's that kind of guy. Like he's diminutive, but he's just mm-hmm. willing to do crazy performances. Use his like enigmatic quality, mm-hmm. play, tinker with accents. He's just phenomenal. So fun to see in anything, and he's just outlandishly good in this. And I would say, if you're a Peter Laurie fan at all, this really is a must because a must. it is one of the only times he plays his own ethnicity, his own nationality, where he plays a Hungarian migrant in America. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. God, I love this movie so much. But there is more that we must discuss on the podcast. We are going to be talking about Spine 45, Spine 46, Spine 47, and Spine 48 in the Essential Film Noir Collection Volume 2, 1951 to 1954. This collection includes four more acclaimed and much sought-after classics, including Hollywood Story... City That Never Sleeps, Plunder of the Sun, and Private Hell 36. This is a massive box set. I was intimidated by its size (laughs) and honestly I couldn't even find time in my life to get through all of them despite being a huge noir head but these are all films that I'm not that familiar with Blake you had time to trawl through it investigate it like a gumshoe and watch every single film on it what were some of your highlights in going through this box set I have to go backwards Alexia to go forwards on this Private Hill 36 is an Ida Lupino Don Siegel joint. And Whoa, you talking my language. I'm speaking that language. And it is a it's about a desperate cop who is walking, you know, he's just walking home off the job one night and stumbles into a pharmacist robbery that then leads Mm. him down the garden path following counterfeit notes that lead to a murder. And it's so it's this wonderful tale that leads him through and on this journey through following these counterfeit notes he starts falling in love for a world weary lounge singer who is actually played also by co-writer Ida Lupino so it is Uh. it is a great textured story Lupino's script is actually a banger she is she is a master of noir she is really like not only attractive in the in the traditional sense of being a beauty but she's mm-hmm. just got this attractive quality that implacable, this awareness, like mm. literally the person, you know, sometimes that phrase of you love characters who feel like they're three steps ahead. She wrote the mm. story. She is yeah. three steps ahead. And wow. the, there is an incredible video essay from Kat Ellinger on here mm. um, on Light Ida Lupino and a really terrific early career feature about Don Siegel. People think of Don wow. Siegel as a guy who just directed Dirty Harry. Like, they're like, Don Mm. Siegel, Dirty Harry. And look, as someone who is studying Zodiac, a film that actually includes Don Siegel's Dirty Harry, Mm -hmm. one of the ballsiest films ever made, a film about essentially the Zodiac while the Zodiac was killing people Mm. in San Francisco. Of course, he's a huge 
filmmaker for me. But man, is he just a phenomenal filmmaker who had an enduring career, a master of montage. This is the guy Mm -hmm. that created the flashback in Casablanca to Paris. We'll always have Paris. That's freaking Donnie Siegel, baby. Yeah. So, wow. So this, even this individual one element of this huge four, four quartet, noirsome foursome, as I'm going to call it from now on, is <laughs> is is just so worthwhile that it's almost an instant buy. Next up, if you're a kind of noirish person that would like to see a noir really stretch and go to another continent, this is yeah, a great. really ripper of a noir. Plunder of the Sun, which is about a kind of down on his luck gumshoe, played by the awesome Glenn Ford, who is like sort of stumbling around Cuba, basically out on his butt, having no money left whatsoever. And he gets picked up to get a job to sort of smuggle out some uh, artifacts that have been discovered to then unlock a treasure that's happening in Mexico. So it is this insanely beautiful uh, uh, story of antiquity and backstabbery and it's so wonderful so that I, I want to recommend there City That Never Sleeps is a film by veteran uh, John, H- um, John H. Hour uh, and Steve Fisher directed flick that is very much uh, um, a sort of a Chicago set like frenzied classical noir about a cop who's trying to break out of the police force and then kind of gets dragged back in because a bad crook essentially goes on a killing spree. And so that's, they're probably the weaker middles, but the bookends of this being Private Health 36 and finally Hollywood Story uh, is uh, absolutely worth your while. Hollywood Story is such a sexy noir. It's a Mm. William Castle directed 1951 film. It stars Richard Conte as Larry O'Brien. Get this. It's set, the, uh, it's, it's about a Hollywood producer who comes into town and finds out that there's an unsolved murder about a famous wow. silent film director and starts making a movie to unlock the mystery. It <sighs> totally oh my gosh. rips. And it's twisty and fun and has like all this like classical Hollywood ephemera and set stuff and just cool story. And I just really really dug it and so i would say if you're looking for you know it's like if you have if you buy a great album a great album is like three or four great songs Mm -hmm. and then a few others and i would say if you're buying a an essential film noir collection box set and these are your kind of movies you really need two of them to be incredible and so for me hollywood story and um private hill 36 they Mm. they they make this a must purchase and, and and those other films are no slouches. It's just that the quality of Hollywood mm. Story and Private Hill 36 and the and the caliber of the people that are involved, they just tip it up into that next echelon. So even wow. even better than the first film noir set, this set just absolutely knocked my socks off. That sounds so exciting. Hollywood Story, I cannot wait to dive into that now. I'm jealous that you've seen it. Was like the, As you were describing it to me, that's like what I was feeling was absolute envy. It actually reminded me of one of my favorite graphic novel series in the last few years uh, by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It's called The Fade Out, which is a noir detective story set in the real world of Hollywood in the 1940s. Awesome. You've got like Clark Gable and stuff popping up in it. But uh, Blake, if you've not read The Fade Out, uh, I will lend you my copy because I want it. you to read it. 
Uh, and you have to like, it's one of those movies. Hollywood story is that you're like, is this, is this real? Like, did this, yeah. this happen? Like it's, it's, it's a real head scratcher because they just get everything right. And I think Hollywood story is, it's the kind of movie that I know the Coen brothers saw before they did Hail mm. Caesar. Like I yeah. know they saw this movie. And, and it's that, it's that kind of thing of like Hollywood is obsessed with itself. And it's just that real noir of like, it, it is. And, and in some of the terrific behind the scenes um, stuff for Hollywood story, they talk about this movie specifically being one that it really was about to be an a picture. Like it's like, it's mm. right on the cusp. Um, and this is Eddie Muller on Hollywood story. It's like right on the cusp of being an a picture, like breaking into the mainstream, mm -hmm. but Still, because all these great Hollywood B directors, they just know how to shoot economically and tell fast-paced stories that are dynamic and exciting. And William Castle, he's still such a like classic B movie director that he just like tells the story in his B style. Like other oh, films by wow. him, you would know um, perhaps are things like uh, he did House on Haunted Hill, uh, mm -hmm. he did uh, Thirteen Ghosts, uh, he mm -hmm. did Straight Jacket, The Night Walker. Oh, um, so he's he's like a proper he's like a proper B movie maker, but this is like him yeah. like right in that purple patch of like almost making an A picture. Yeah. William Castle, who is like the producer of all those movies, he is one of the true essential figures in B-movie history and therefore film history. He's the originator of like gimmicks in movies as well. So it's interesting. Like I mainly know him from his horror films and yes. like what he did to that genre. So to go into one of the other great genres of that era and to see what the gimmick man brings to it, I cannot wait. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Oh, So... We have a very, we'll just quickly say we would normally be diving into the incredible final number in the batch, the spine number 49, the gambler. We're going to take that to a special bonus episode because, mm -hmm. Alexi, the very, very generous author and film critic by the name of Matthew Asprey Gear, who has actually done the audio commentary for the gambler for this very special imprint collections edition. He's going to have a quick chat with me on the next episode, but we're going to talk about it there. So we're going to jump to that. But do you want to tell the crazy folks who follow us on this show about the absolutely unfathomably huge horror bundle coming in the eighth wave of imprint films on the 21st of July? It is a behemoth to say the least, this next batch. Not one, but multiple horror Box sets coming at you with Hammer, Horror, four gothic horror films, including Countess Dracula, Hands of the Ripper, Twins of Evil, and Vampire Circus. Blake, what Ooh. else do we have? Silver Screams Cinema is the next one with six classic golden age horror films. The Phantom Speaks, The Vampire's mm -hmm. Ghost, Return of the Ape Man, Valley of the Zombies, She-Devil, and The Unknown Terror, all made between 1944 and 57. Unbelievable. So far, that is 10 films, but that's not all. Some real cult bangers following that up. Alexi, what's next? The spookiness continues on with The Brotherhood of Satan. We've also got Haunted from 1995, The Awakening from 1980, and 
One of the more anticipated titles that I'm excited to bring up today. It is David Cronenberg's adaptation of a Stephen King story, 1983's The Dead Zone. The freaking Dead Zone is getting a nice boutique release. Oh, Crone and Baby. Holy ship, ladies and gentlemen. That is an incredible package. So we are going to dive in to excavate to divide and conquer that one for you um mm-hmm. but thank you so much for listening to this one we've got one special bonus episode all about james P- tobacks the gambler starring the incredible jimmy khan in arguably his greatest performance it's in a massive tussle between thief and sunny corleone right now mm-hmm. just like banging out at the top there an yeah. incredible film we're going to catch up on that but alexi in between imprint companions where can the lovely listeners of this show find you i would love them to check out total reboot where cameron and i are doing big mini series we're making little film festivals where we talk about an interesting topic in film through multiple films that cover that topic we've been doing teen films with screen ages closing that out with book smart and then we'll be announcing what our next mega series is and it is one that i cannot wait to get into with you mr blake howard oh i am so excited i know a little bit about it myself now you can find me blake howard over at one heat minute productions uh, uh one heatminute.com and then one heat minute productions wherever you find your podcast just type in one heat minute you'll find our absolute veritable cornucopia of podcasts <laughs> including uh currently miami nice kicking along yes. great with katie walsh we are finding the experts on miami vice from 2006 directed by michael mann this week we had an incredible episode with kim masters who wrote the revelatory behind the scenes story um all about it mm-hmm. how uh People were being shot on set. Hurricanes wow. were causing glass to shatter over convertibles. Jamie Foxx and his entourage escape. That's a banger that I'd love you to check out in that podcast mm-hmm. feed. If you're looking for me anywhere else, it's Zodiac Chronicle. It is heating mm-hmm. up and we are 10 episodes through our 24 episode series we are speeding things up now because we have a big project on the horizon and we Mm -hmm. are looking forward to announcing it so uh they are where you can find me alexi it has been my pleasure to be just one of your offsiders in your peter (laughs) laurie face behind the mask gang for this episode i've thoroughly enjoyed being dinky or whatever that guy's name was uh (laughs) and uh the dinky to your great masked super uh, super villain anti-hero of that piece oh well blake i can't wait to roll the dice and make it nice with you on the next episode where we discuss the gambler